This is the Macmillan Library Podcast, a community conversation maker, bringing you curated conversations with Macmillan librarians, community members, authors, musicians, artists, and more. Welcome back to the Macmillan Conversation Maker Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this new series in cooperation with Wisconsin Rapids Community Media. We're posting the audio of interviews and presentations that they have recorded. This episode is a recording of Tom Lux's show, Making Connections, recorded on November 15th. His guest, Misty Urban, from Kellner, who now lives in Iowa, is a short fiction writer that is releasing her next book. Learn more about this 1993 Lincoln High School graduate on this episode of Making Connections. And now, Tom Lowes and Misty Urban. Wisconsin Rapids Community Media Coordinator for the City of Wisconsin Rapids. And I want to thank you for joining me on my show, Making Connections, and my guest, Misty Urban. Hello. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Alrighty. All the way from Iowa, and you're going to get to learn a lot about her. Uh, she's born and raised right here in Wisconsin Rapids, and she's visiting family. So. I'm going to have her introduce herself here, and again, I'm uh, doing all the switching and uh, interviewing at once, so we'll do the best <laughs> we can with that and get your story, and I'm glad you uh, came a guest uh, on my show, and I'm sure a lot of people out here uh, will know you, uh, 93 grad, Maybe. but I'm not going to say everything, I'm going to let you do that, so go ahead and introduce yourself, your family, and go ahead. Sure, thanks Tom, I appreciate you having me here. I, as you said, born and raised in Wisconsin Rapids, little town of Kellner, actually, right outside of Rapids, Roy and Mary Urban. They have lived in the same house for most of my life, and then they built a new house next door and sold that house to my brother. So my brother lives right next door now, so I come up a lot to visit, and I recently have a book out that uh, is my second book of short stories, and I was on TV in the Quad Cities recently. I live in Muscatine, Iowa now, and my mom got really excited, and she said, you should be on TV here. So she called you immediately, and that's how I ended up Yeah, that was neat. Talking about my book. You know, that's really what I want. I want people like you or your parents or anybody to really call and get someone in here because I'm not going to know everybody in this community. Right. I know a lot, but I don't I don't know if I know your, your mom or your dad, and maybe I would if I recognize them when I'm out in the community. But, you but, might. Yeah. You might well, good. I'm going to... You know, so uh, you said you were born and raised here. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of just kind of go through some of that progression. You left uh, probably for career purposes and maybe family. I did. And let's talk about that before we kind of go into the book and uh, and how your high school career did it get you into this a little bit and wanting to write? What, oh, was it, what's, it, what's the love of the book and the writing? And where did the writing come now? from? Yeah. Right. So go ahead. You can start way right back or wherever you like about your life progression to get you almost right here. And then we'll talk about well, that. the family lore has it that I started writing stories when I was five. 
I learned to read early thanks to my mom, and my sister was a year and a half younger, so apparently I was writing stories for her to help her learn to read. This would make her three and a half, so clearly a child prodigy, my sister. Wow. But she had me to help her. I I presume it, you know, it was about cats sitting on mats, wearing hats, and that sort of thing. It wasn't very sophisticated. I remember starting my own newspaper in elementary school. I went to grant school, and something there inspired me to start the Urban Star. So I had a typewriter, and I would type reports about what we had for dinner and what the animals were doing. Yeah, I was a budding journalist at that age. And what age do you think that was about? I think it was probably fourth grade. Yeah, so... It wasn't a terribly long-running do you have any publication? Of, uh, I you wish have any? I did. Oh, I wish yeah. I did. I have a couple of them tucked away, I think, in a big box at my house, which is hours away in Muscatine. Or I would have brought it. Yeah. I actually have my first story rejection. My mom found this recently. Oh, yeah? This was second grade, and I submitted a story to a contest for Cricket Magazine. I think it was probably part of the highlights. Wow. Family, and it gave very nice rejection on some technical word count thing, I think. So I don't know if they actually read it and recognized my young, stellar talent. Oh, that's great. They turned me down flat. So I started gathering rejections early, which you need when you're a writer. You need to be able to handle rejection. Absolutely. I'm told. So writing at that early of an age, it, it, it's a passion for It you. was what I loved, and yes. So you get a little older, and we're going to junior high, and things maybe changing a little bit, and so you're still hooked to the writing? I wrote all the time. I wrote Choose Your Own Adventure stories for my friends when I was done with my homework. I remember sitting in class, and I would have the book in front of me. I apologized to all of my teachers. I loved you all. You were wonderful influences. And when I had my book in front of me, I was writing stories. They probably knew this. Teachers know when you're not paying attention. Oh, yeah. And my <laughs> friends and I would swap these notebooks. I had a couple going on with a couple friends, and so we write stories for each other. And I have just stacks this high of these notebooks somewhere, and they all got um, water damage. When I lived in Ithaca, my basement flooded, and that's where I had them. So I'm afraid to look at them now, but I still own them, and they will probably be buried with me. I'm going to need a very you know, large uh, coffin for my juvenilia. Well, Plus, need to keep all that stuff. That's memories. It's fun, you know, and my friends will say now, when I say, I published a book, and I say, don't you remember seventh grade? That's all you talked about was wanting to be a writer. And I thought, that's true. Wow. That was all I ever wanted. Yeah. And I went into business. I got a degree in business management okay. at Whitewater. That would be Whitewater. Because yeah. you have to have a day job. You can't make a living writing. No, it's a lot in any art. In or, any art, no. Artists starve. Business yes, people make do. money. It's a passion, but you starve. <laughs> I <laughs> would work all day. I put in my work. I was a management consultant. I got hired for that out of college. And I would go home to my rented apartment and write stories. And then I thought I had missed uh, the creative writing work I did in college. And so I started taking creative writing classes after school as a kind of continuing student. And that ended up in me getting a master's degree and then a MFA and then a PhD and then going into academia wow. because that's what you do when you get a PhD. Oh, wow. so literature. you already have your doctor's Yes, I have a doctorate in Old and Middle English Literature from Cornell University. Yeah, nice. Yes. Yeah. Old and English Literature. That Old helps and you, Middle English and that Literature. Helps you well, you know, my other half of my brain is and has been for a long time medieval scholarship. So these are two of the books I've published. The two other books I've published, one was my dissertation on, wait for this, Monstrous Women in Middle English Romance. 
as you can imagine, that was a huge bestseller. Everybody wants to read about monstrous women in Middle English romance, hands down. And then my second medieval book is an edited collection. Another friend and I who was interested in monstrous women found a third mm-hmm. colleague, academic colleague, who's interested in monstrous women. So we edited a collection of essays about the medieval fairy Melusine, who is half fairy, half human, and then turns into a snake woman from the waist down wow. one day a week. It's so very exciting. It's a hugely popular legend in the Middle Ages. Wow. You have to have be very creative to write books and be able to want to read those too. So well, you know, I, part of it. I wasn't very good at business. I could do it. I clocked the hours, but yeah. it wasn't where my heart was. Yeah, they always say the artist and, and the business owner is, doesn't work so well sometimes. You know, I've seen some people do it yeah. really well. It's tough. I, I did it in photography, and mm-hmm. I couldn't sell my photos I give them all away. It's, the marketing is really hard. That's hard. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, if you're just joining us here on Making Connections, I'm Tom Lauks, and this is Misty Erpen. Uh, she's from Wisconsin Rapids and left uh, about 93. And uh, we're going to get right into these books that she has. Uh, she's pu- published several of them here, I see, I think. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to go yeah. into one of her first ones, and she's going to pick the one she wants to talk about first. It can be the first one, second one, or maybe sure. it's not. We'll start and with the first yeah, one. Yeah, I want to know more, because this is uh, how you got into this, what the book is about a little bit, and when it was uh, when you started working on this this particular one. And this is something that you went all the way through, right? Is it for, You had to do get the publishing. Did you have to do all the work? This, I'm happy to say is a book that about the easiest way possible I think to publish a book is to win a contest you pay a little money to submit your manuscript which I did, this publisher Snake Nation Press, it's a very small publisher in Valdosta, Georgia, like a lot of small independent literary associations they have a contest every year and I had a collection of short stories some of them I'd worked on at my master's program at Florida State University and some of them I'd worked on during my MFA program at Cornell University, and I was working on them while I was a I was an assistant professor of English, actually, at a small college in Idaho, Lewis Clark State College in Idaho, for four years after I got my PhD. So I was continuing to polish the book, and when my husband and I left Idaho and moved to Illinois, I had some time on my hands because I wasn't teaching at the time. So I put my stories together in a collection, and I sent it to a couple contests, and it won. So I got a very lovely call that said, your book was picked by a judge. We want to publish it. We'll pay you a little bit of money, and we'll send you proofs. So here you go. So I have a box of books with my name on it, and I get to say that it was winner of the Serena McDonald Kennedy Award, because it was. And this came out in 2016, two years ago, my first book. Oh, first book. Stories. And really, it's a, it's a childhood dream to do this. It absolutely was. This is my dream come true. Wow. So when it, uh, you got the news, who did you tell right away? I was in the car. We were camping. It was 4th of July weekend. We were camping and out of cell phone service. And so my husband was driving, so I leaned over, and I think he still has the marks from my fingernail sticking in. Because I was so excited, and I couldn't scream. I would alarm the children in the back. And, of course, he was driving, but I told him right away. Pretty excited, was he? Yeah, I was. He knew it was a dream. He'd, he'd yeah. been very supportive of my right. writing from the beginning. Right. Sounds like you really went through a lot of schooling. Uh, so you were in Florida. Mm-hmm. You were in 
uh, Idaho, you said too? Yeah, I did. Uh, you're just all over the place. You moved around a lot. Yeah, you moved around a lot. And then, and now, um, before we go into another uh, book of yours, and this was 2016. 2016. And uh, you're a teacher. I am and a teacher. And what do you teach? Uh, what class? What uh, grade? I'm a college teacher, oh. college professor. Okay, so you're yeah, the big kids. Yeah, that that professor. <laughs> wow, I, I must have I missed that one from your mom or dad. I I don't know why they don't brag about it all the time. They said you're a teacher, but you know we we consider our professors definitely. <laughs> college professor. I just haven't been in college in twenty three years. Why? Graduated in the nineties. Would you want to go back? My master's writing. would be something yes. in communications because mm-hmm. um, now I do it a lot of uh, writing is just everything. And mm-hmm. I write all, a lot. I write for the mayor, write for the city, mm-hmm. do this. Communications is multi communications, but mm-hmm. I, I have a mass comedy, so I'm always writing. But you can always learn more. That's true. Yeah. So you're so you're a professor in now again. You so right now I teach at Muscatine Community College. Okay. In Iowa. Okay. Is there a certain set of classes that you have to do? Right now, I'm just an adjunct, so I both yeah. I mostly teach composition. Yeah. I'd love to teach some more literature yeah. and okay. um, yeah. I, classes. There. I have a, a kind of a mentor friend that is a English, uh, I think major or even I don't know if he has I know he has his, not major but he has a master's in English. I know that. Oh yeah. So he was going to that when we were, I was working here. Mm-hmm. In Winona State, so yeah, and uh, I had a chance to be. Uh, I could be an adjunct as well at Winona State, but for me to drive back once a week f- for that semester on a Monday night for a four-hour class was just a little overwhelming right now. It's hard. Someday I might do it, mm-hmm. but not right yet. But yeah, I want to do it. I want to teach you photography. That'd be fantastic. It, yeah, in my it's hotel. fun. Yeah, so I, I think teaching is. I do it all the time here. Mm-hmm. So you guys are watching, or you have. Uh, uh, you have grandsons, granddaughters, or even daughters. Please, uh, if they want to get into all this public speaking, we we provide all that. It's a learning. You can do what I'm doing. I could have had somebody here in my place interviewing you, Misty. So, and and it'd be really neat to have a, a kid do that mm-hmm. from like the high school. Yes. And uh, because I've already done it, I want this is a learning experience. So please, if you guys are watching, mm-hmm. um, we're hoping to, uh, I'm working with Carly. Uh, her last name isn't Hoyer anymore. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> but uh, we're going to hopefully get their volunteer center and, and their career center, what they call it now, of kids over here to do some of that. Good. That's what it's about. Um, it's an excellent profession. Yeah. And, you, and this, even if you don't want to get a video, it helps in interviewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we all have to interview for jobs. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's go on to another book. 2016 was the first book. Let's go on to the next one. Looks like you have three already. Well, this is the second collection of mine that's just coming out. In fact, it goes live online the 1st of November. Ah, we have a sneak peek. You get a sneak peek. I have some advanced copies here. I love this cover. I am just so thrilled with this cover. The publisher is a small independent publisher in Davenport in the Quad Cities area. It's founded and run by Lauren Wood. And she gets to choose what she wants to publish. She's eclectic. She's picky. She likes to feature, I think, individual and unique voices. So I was really excited when she liked my book of short stories and wanted to publish it. So she's done all the hard work. I correct some proofs. And now that I have it in my hands, my job is to tell everybody about it and tell their friends to buy it. This is some stories that I wrote 
back in my school days, my master's days, I think there are maybe, there's one of them that dates back there. There's one, the novella that's longer, that dates to Cornell. There's a story I wrote in Rome one summer while I was in the creative writing program in Cornell over in Rome one summer, and George Bush visited at the time. And there were riots protesting the war. And I was, as a writer, trying to imagine how, how does, you know, I couldn't really get inside the then president's head. And I thought, what does it feel like to come to a country where you're met with such hostility? So I wrote a story from the president's point of view as an exercise in empathy. And I had a great time with it. And I liked the story, so I included that here. And ultimately, the collection is mostly, aside from the then president, former president, highly fictionalized. I took great liberties. Mm-hmm. They're mostly about women, old women, young women, married women, single women, trying to figure out what it is they most need to get by and be happy. And sometimes they're wrong, and sometimes they're right. Sometimes they have a very hard journey to find it. Okay. So, so there's more than one. There's several stories. Thirteen stories. Thirteen stories. Mm-hmm. Some of them are kind of around that theme. Fairly fresh. Right. Yeah. Some of them is really recent work that I wrote actually since I moved to Muscatine, and so it just the collection kind of came sure. together as unique blend. But it's fictional. All fiction. And um, what what when you're writing these, I, I guess trying to. How does this idea come about? Where where is that where does that happen? Where does it come? Where does it come from? Where does where, it come from? That, because it's from you. It's your personality in mm-hmm. the book, right? You're writing. It's my usually, voice. You're really, it's all yeah. So how does that my head. how does that happen? Why, you know, what come, what's making you think this? I, maybe we don't know. I think there are some people, right? They turn out to be writers who just see stories everywhere. I've noticed sometimes when I'll be hanging out with friends and. I'll be observing people and imagining stories for them. And my friends who aren't writers will say, that's really kind of rude and invasive that you're appropriating their lives and imagining these horrible, tragic things because as a fiction writer, you want to have tension and conflict to drive the story. Most of my stories just come from a character who has a problem or a character in a situation that they have to solve. Sure. But it could be a real problem, am I right? Mm -hmm. But then it... uh, takes another path, mm-hmm. could be more there's some suspense to it, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. These are literary short fictions, so most of them are what we... How many pages up? Like, like 8, 10, 15 Oh, that's a good question. Per... So there are some real short stories in here that are a page and a half. Flash fiction, which is something I just started writing very hmm. recently. There are some what we would call more traditional stories, about 4,000, 6,000 words. And um, that comes out to, I don't know, about 10, maybe 12 pages. And then the novella is actually, let's take a look at the table of contents. The novella is a good third of the book. It starts at page 89. So a good chunk of the book is that longer story. So is this uh, kind of writing geared more for a younger generation now? Or has it always gone on? That's interesting. There's always been flash fiction, but it's really making a comeback now. As more and more things go digital, more things are online, people have shorter and shorter chunks of time. It's harder to sit down with a novel. So, you know, there was a resurgence of the short story saying, well, people have time to sit and read a story. And now there's the really short story. And writers like to challenge each other. Well, how short can you go and still have a story? Write a story in 
150 words. Write a story in six words. There's a lot of ways you could play with the four. Six words. Six word stories. It's a thing. It's a website. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that book here is not out yet, but will be. Will be soon. Somebody wants to get it. How do they do this? They don't call you. They can they search on Amazon. They certainly can. They can go to my website, mistyurban.net. I sell autographed copies there, but my publisher will have it through most of the major online distributors, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. And what we're hoping to do is get it with a distributor who can carry it to everybody's favorite independent bookstore. You can go ask for the necessaries by Misty Urban. They can special order it for you if they don't already have it in stock. But they should have it in stock, right? You bet. So <laughs> you're from Rapids. And, uh, you think it, is there well, the book world, right? It's now gone as you, as you probably came and it's no longer here. They had a lesson in manners. They were selling it for me and now I can't go. No. Any, any libraries? No. McMillan's going to have that copy. Okay. A few minutes after we're done talking. Awesome. All right. Well, there you go. You can read a copy at McMillan. Read a copy at McMillan Memorial Library. And check it, can you check it out then as well? Or? Should be. It will probably take a while for them to yeah. process and get it into their collection, yeah. get a catalog. But go to your website. What, uh, what's that again? MissyUrban.net. That's easy. That's why you should just be able to go to it. And you might even you'll get a signed Could get a signed copy signed from me. Copy. Mm-hmm. So, well, you have a third book here. I want to know a little I bit do. about that as well. When we moved to Muscatine... I was looking for a writer's group. Uh, Writers need community. It's a complete myth that we write alone. We do write alone, but we need readers who can tell us how bad something is or if there's any promise in it. So I looked for a group of writers, and I found Writers on the Avenue. It's a writing group that started in Muscatine back in 1989. And I joined them fairly quickly after I arrived, and they've been wonderful. They've been really supportive. They have endorsed my crazy ideas, some of which were, hey, let's make our own anthologies and print them as books. So these are books that I've made, and I'm really excited at my foray into publishing. I used uh, Amazon's what was then CreateSpace to make the book, and we did calls for submissions. We did a holiday-themed anthology the first year I did it. We did an inspirational anthology last year. I wish I had copies of those to show you, but they've sold well, actually. This is our fundraiser for our group. We're a literary nonprofit. And the latest one we did is a book of poetry. And I'm especially proud of this one because my daughter won second place in the poetry contest youth category. So So my daughter is published at seven, where I was rejected at seven. My daughter is already published. That's second or third grade? Mm, Second grade. Second grade. How she wrote in first grade? Published already. Published already. I'm not jealous. She took the book in for show and tell, and I was really excited. So um, anybody who wants to, you know, buy a Writers on the Avenue book, those are available online as well. Online as well. Mm-hmm. But the only one that's going to be in McMillan will be the latest one. I think McMillan has a lesson in manners, too. Okay. Or I hope they do because I donated a copy. I felt that as a native, it might be fun to yeah. just have a copy yeah. in the library that I loved and grew up in. Well, you went on TV. That's kind of how a lot of your mom <laughs> in the Quad City. I was on Palisade. Yeah. Was it uh, like a CBS, NBC for a few, like 10 minutes or mm-hmm. more like what we do? It was a live show, and it was a very short segment, and we were talking about the arts scene in the Quad Cities, and it was there on behalf of my publisher, the publisher of this book is Paradisiac Publishing. 
And Paradisiac is also starting a, they're calling it the Gold Coast Almanac. It's kind of a newsletter. It's more of a monthly magazine that collects happenings in the Quad Cities, arts, theater, comedy, literary readings, that sort of thing. So I kind of went to plug my book and plug Paradisiac Publishing, but we ended up talking mostly about the Midwest Writing Center, which is a great, great writing resource in the Quad Cities. What's your next project? Do you have something in mind, or is it always going? There's always projects. There's always projects, right? I just finished a historical novel. Everybody's asked me, you write historical fiction, right? Medieval scholar fiction, and I haven't published any historical fiction, but I just finished the novel. I'm going to try to go the traditional route and see if an agent likes it and can sell it to one of the New York publishers. That doesn't happen. I'll probably find a smaller publisher and see if sure. they like it. Is there is there a lot of money in it? If if you could, are you looking at that? I know it's just it's a passion, but you know, money we have to have to live to buy food and have family. Yeah, I'm sure that's definitely. Is that um, like a full time goal of yours down the road? It would be lovely to be able to support my family on just my fiction, just writing books. That would be fabulous. I would not turn that down if somebody offered me that position. A lot of writers will teach on the side. They'll teach through an institution. They'll teach through another workshop, um, sometimes MFA programs. It's a way to earn money. A lot of writers do editing. I do editing, freelance editing for, I did for a local paper for a while. Um, okay. Other people send me their books and I tell them what I think. Sure. That's it. It's yeah. A good salary. People can make living Great. at that. So yeah. you're doing your writing and you're helping yeah. other writers. And So you get in other kinds of writings? You say you're an editor? Uh, like an editor. What kind of writing you, do you edit? Is it newspapers, books, or...? Uh, most of it is books. I do some fiction, but actually I do a lot more memoir and nonfiction oh, right wow. now. Okay. And then my other gig is a book reviewer. So I read books okay. and get paid to tell people what I think of them. Beat that. No, yeah, and you love to read, right? Right. Yeah. No, don't send me more books, please. No, don't do send you have me a, books for free. Do you have a library in your home that's like a whole wall? I have several bookshelves, yeah. yes. In fact, when we moved, and this was just from Ithaca, before I combined my book collection with my husband's, half of the moving truck was books, and the rest was furniture. <laughs> Is he a reader? No, not a big reader. He reads, he reads well, he understands it. But he's not the same. He's not a literary, he's an outdoors. Opposites of traffic. Yes, absolutely. I married him so he could get me outside. And he married me, I think, so I could um, edit his email. Yeah, well, especially if if you went camping, and you were camping, you're outdoors, and you found out uh, at a camping Mm -hmm. trip in in, uh, over the July holiday a few years ago. So you you really progressed a lot in the last uh, several years, two years. It's only 2018, and Mm -hmm. um, you're young, and you have a lot of time yet to to really, really hit it off and make a great end. Yeah. You know, I... Everybody who writes hopes that their words reach somebody, that they matter, that somebody says, I felt that way, or I never imagined that, that's amazing, that you just sort of connect, or you add to somebody else's world, or let somebody in your world, so. Is there any visuals in any of these books, or is it all written? It's all written word, although my first publisher said, do you have any stories, or any pictures that would go with this? And I couldn't find it. 
Sadly. Which is when I wished I were an artist. Right, and I see, I come from the visual end. He's a photographer, videographer, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I have to do the words now, too. But right. still, my strength is always going to be in the visual. We should publish books together. There you go. <laughs> you some images. Yeah, it'd be, you, know, you live in a river town as well, right? I do. Muscatine's I come from river there, river town, but you, know, you could do something on the river here with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, history of uh, Wisconsin Rapids River. It's a fantastic. That would be really neat. And I'm sure it's kind of been done, but maybe not in this kind of. You know, back when it was consolidated, I feel like my dad was helping or somehow involved with a history. Uh, it might have been just of consolidated, but he was doing some sort of research. So I think I get the writing maybe from both my parents. I'll ask him about it. Maybe he can find that. We can yeah. spruce that up. That would be neat. You know, why not? I mean, they could, uh, people need to know that history is very important. Mm-hmm. You don't want to forget about that. Otherwise, there's time. Well, we all repeat history. Everything seems to come back as as we get older we we notice that more mm-hmm. <laughs> i think we've been there we've been there we've been there just a little we bit of different flair feel like that yeah, yeah. oh yeah definitely so is there anything else i, I you want to bring up I, I i just find it very interesting very intriguing i hope you guys do as our audiences we have a publisher here that was born and raised right here in rapids doesn't live here anymore but comes back a few times a year right yeah strong ties yeah Love and, and come back and but these books are available uh you know, here to just check out or buy them online mm-hmm. um, and uh, give it as a gift, right? Books make great gifts. They make great yes. gifts. And, uh, yes. They're available in ebook also. Ebook. So digital and print. And that's a question I was going to ask you. What do you mm-hmm. like better, print or digital, when you uh, read? You know, I like to pull out the medievalist card there and say, well, I'm a medievalist. So print was a revolution for us. That's not true. A lot of medieval scholars are very fluent with digital technology and are very good at it. And in fact, a lot of medieval scholarship is kind of on the cutting edge of digital technologies. And I have a tablet and I read on it and it's very good for flying on planes because then you don't have to pack the seven books you pack the tablet. But I really prefer hard copy. I love the smell. I love the feel of the printed books. Mm-hmm. I love that I can see it on my shelf. And mm-hmm. it's just, and all of those books I have in my house, I feel like are, this is going to sound strange, companions in a way. Like there's this quiet conversation that's going on all the mm-hmm. time over in the fiction corner and the medieval scholarship corner yep. and the memoir corner. And I just love that feeling of being surrounded by ideas. When you close the tablet, you don't have that. No, not at all. But I, I see that you're uh, you're able to use your your five senses. That's very important in your writing. I can just see it. But then I get that from being a photographer. And and when you do stories and real hard stories as a photographer, which I used to do, and get into their lives and tell that story, um, you 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 become part of their family. But as a fly sure. on the wall. And it's almost the same as, sure. as I think in a writer here that you're yeah, you, you, you're saying you like to feel that, but that's going to be in your writing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, see, I'm a very, I, I always like the, being a colorful writer. It's hard to do that as a news writer. Right. But a colorful writer right. is great because then you can describe. Mm-hmm. If it's not there, it's red or it's bright, right. Violet, right. bright violet, you know, or something like that. So, yeah, that makes a... It's great. That's my one tip to younger writers, apprentice writers, anybody working on your book, a lot of descriptive writing. Use all of your senses. It's the way that your writing pops. It gets your reader interested. It gets them in the line, in the image, and then in the character, and then in the story. 
exactly. That's the way I learned as a photographer from some of the really high end photographers. Uh, Eddie Adams workshop at uh-huh. uh, Barnstorm way back in the early 90s. We uh-huh. learned all this. Uh, he's a great photographer. He's now passed away. And tell you about all that kind of stuff and how you learn that. And it comes even in the news end of photography is how do you, how do you, how does that image tell that story? The story, right? absolutely. Without the words. How do you that, frame it? How do you frame it? And it all, all that makes a big difference on just a snapshot. And, mm-hmm. But I think it helps as, as a reader or someone visualizing, you're able to interpret it that way, the, the reader too. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was some really neat stuff on that, and I'm glad you really shared our, the books. And happy to. And uh, I want people to pick them up. And I want people to enjoy them. Yeah. I had a cousin who was reading this one for me, an advanced review copy, and she wrote me and said, "I missed four bus stops because of your story." And I said, "That's <laughs> the best thing you could have possibly you told bet. me as an author. It's exactly what yeah. I want to hear. It takes you yeah. away from your life for a while." You're right. Now, have you had a chance to maybe share it with the local newspapers here? The City Times is is uh, relatively new, or uh, I want to. Okay. In fact, my publisher is working on a press release. Great. So as soon as it goes live, we'll probably send that out to okay all of. All of my former and okay. current local papers. Yeah, and, and you know, you went to Lincoln, is that right? I did. So, I did. Did any prof- professors, teachers, are they still there? They're, some of them are, a lot of them are probably retiring. Yeah, my favorites are gone. Okay. Um, Audrey Shai is retired now. Okay. She, her, she was a huge and wonderful influence on me, her AP English class. I just, I knew I loved literature, but after that class, I knew. I loved literature, and that was going to be in my life. She was just wonderful, supportive, imaginative. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sommer, my history, AP history, wow, he was great. I think he's the man who taught me critical thinking, and I use that all the time in my teaching and my work. Shouts wow. out to Mr. Sommer. I miss Shide. I miss you. Yeah. I had wonderful teachers. I, that sounds great. All and, of my teachers you know, were fantastic. That's how it starts. I have mentors mm-hmm. of mine, uh, and then outside in the field as well, mm-hmm. in my field. So great. Um, uh, hopefully uh, that some of the teachers that uh, maybe you could meet or you uh, some of your co- uh, past uh, colleagues uh, get to meet. I don't know. Uh, there is reunions that are coming up. Yeah, I missed their reunion last that spring. Twenty. No, it was, um, was it no, 20, maybe 25. It was kind of anticipating the yeah. 25th. It's all passed by 25. No, mm-hmm. I just dated myself. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I'm passing. We're going to have 30 coming up. Well, 90, 93 90 was the best class that came out of LHS. I got was it 90? And I yeah. came from Winona, so I'm not from here. Winona's fine. Yeah. Winona so, State is a good school. Yeah, Winona State was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I had a chance to stay at home and do school, but I worked full time. Yeah. And I worked at a newspaper full time as a yeah, full time or going to school full time. We own an auto supply did that. Oh. Work work, that's why you see me down here all the time. If anybody knows I'm a ninety hour a week work. But I do have family time, it's very important. So don't yeah. worry, sir, I make that happen too. I just don't sleep. <laughs> right. Something has to go right. Somebody's gotta stay up. But um oh great. Anything else that we wanna share uh that you're here uh, just here for the weekend? I love being back in Rapids. I just, I love this town. It's dear to my heart. You know, Very fond of a, people, a lot of ladies. people love it. And it's changed, though. As you can see, it has you came back. When's the last time you visited? Over the summer? Yeah, August. August. Calder Corn Days. 
Okay. Came for yeah. the parade. Neat. So you noticed Great. that right next to us, there's no building over there. No building anymore. That was here when you were, they were taking it apart probably. And now, uh, our moth. That'll be, next time you come down, that could be mostly gone. You know, I spent a lot of hours in that mall. Yeah. Just walking. I, uh, I remember getting my ring there. Really? Before we got married oh in 1995. 94, 95. My wife had a job here at the Daily Tribune. That's how we came here. Yeah, the Tribune. Tribune. She was a photographer then. So. But yeah, Definitely. bought the ring right here. It's yeah. only one of the jewelry stores here. It's still yes. on. doesn't fit very well. Yeah. Well, the hope is always that even as things change, there's still progress and hope and good things happen. I think so. I, you know, there's a lot of change. You can see the riverbank as well. Mm-hmm. That's all different. It's kind of mm-hmm. neat to go back and say, oh, what's going on? I do that in my own hometown. It's a weird overlay. It this is. This is the past. This but, is the now. Yeah. But your home now is back right now in Iowa, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And it's funny, when I moved there, people were trying to kind of sell me on Muscatine and so many things it has in common with rapids, you know, like I grew up in a mill town on a river in the Midwest, surrounded by cornfields. This is very familiar. It's almost the same size even. Yeah. A river is very important. I grew up on a river mm-hmm. too. And now you said mill, is there a paper mill in that area? There are a couple of big industries in mm-hmm. Muscatine, uh, green processing, yeah. Kent corporation, formerly Monsanto, now I believe Bayer. Stanley Consultants, an internationally known consultant firm, is based in Muscatine. There's a lot going on in that little town. And Mark Twain lived there for a couple of months. So we get a lot of mileage out of that. You're not too far away. You're not like you're in Florida or Idaho. No. And you said you have one brother? I have a brother who lives here. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So you get to see him. His family's in town. Yes. His adorable children. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks again for coming. Thanks and, so much uh, for having me. Yep, and uh, get out there and uh, look for the book. Uh, you can go to mistyurban.net. Net. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buy books, read books, support books, yes. support journalism. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a journalist. Love it. We need it. Yep, so uh, she's going to continue writing, and uh, you know, we'll probably invite her back down a few years from now when she's a millionaire. Yes. Yeah, let's hope. I'll be here for free. I think that would be neat, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe we could raise some money that way uh, for a nonprofit or something. You know, if I'm making millions off my books, yeah. I should be giving back to my home. That would be wonderful. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. And get out there and get that book. But um, go to the Macmillan Library and look up uh, one of the other ones that have been out published since 2016 that we went over. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have you just hold that up here real quick and just I'm gonna zoom in, hold it up a little higher. A little and, higher? Yep, yeah, and I'm gonna go to that. There we go. There Can we you guys go. take a look and see that? All right, and it's back to me. Yay. All right, well, thanks again for joining us here on Making Connections. I'm Tom Lox, the host and the coordinator for the city of Wisconsin Rapids. Uh, you'll see this program air on our cable station, Slayers Channel 3, as well as Charter Channel 985, and then Standard Def. Definition. And that will play throughout the month of November is our plan, and maybe even some in December, off and on throughout the schedule. So please just watch your program guides. Uh, you can get them on the website at wr-cm.org. And our schedules there are use your uh, remote because we're on the guide. And uh, Charter goes all the way up to Rhinelander, you name it. Uh, Solaris is in this area here, all the way to Grand Rapids and stuff. So tune in. Uh, we're streaming. 
And this will be on Facebook and YouTube. Please share it with all of your friends, and uh, it'll definitely help Misty out. And, sure. And again, thank Thanks. you for coming, and I thank uh, your parents for letting me know. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> and uh, don't be afraid. If, uh, parents out there, please, if you have uh, kids, grandkids, whatever, that you would really like people to know, know about or come on and learn public speaking, call me, uh, 423-0443. I'm Always willing to get somebody in. I may not be able to call you right back as, you know, I'm almost a one-man band here and trying to do wear a lot of hats. So I will get back to you, I promise, and email or I'll give you a call. But I'll stop talking and so that you guys don't turn me off. Thanks again, uh, Wisconsin Rapids Community Media. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you use this information to strike up a local conversation. We believe in the power of community and story here at the library, and we have plenty of stories in book, ebook, CD, DVD, and magazine form. Check us out at macmillanlibrary.org to see upcoming events, including concerts, speakers, movies, and more. We also have free online classes through Gale Courses, as well as a host of databases for your research needs. If you can't find what you're looking for, stop in at the information desk. The Macmillan Conversation Maker podcast can be found at macmillanlibrary.org backslash podcast. <laughs>